I believe we're on now. Shall we bow our heads for a word of prayer? Gracious Father, as we look at different people of the Bible that we sometimes don't often look at, help us learn some things from their experience of life and to recognize that sometimes we struggle in the same ways they would. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning we're going to look at Jephthah. He's an Old Testament judge. He judged Israel for about six, eight years, not too long. But Jephthah is a valiant warrior, yet he is a hurting warrior. Jephthah. He was born with a questionable birth. In fact, the Bible describes it this way. Jephthah the Gileite was a valiant warrior, but he was the son of a harlot, and Gilead was his father, the father of Jephthah. That is a difficult place to start life at. Your mother is a prostitute, and your father is unfaithful. What a beginning. Jethro's father's actions, as we take a look at it for a moment, he was an unfaithful to his wife. He let the impulse of the moment control his mind and his physical body. And out of that impulse came a child. Jephthah's mother was inferior to a wife or a concubine. She had no rights. Period. In fact, she was more than likely not, in, not an Israelite. She just didn't have any rights. Gilead used his power to take Jephthah from his mother. He takes the child home and demonstrating that he desires to treat Jephthah as legitimate. That's a good thing. But he takes him home. Gilead's wife. How many want to be, women want to be Gilead's wife at this moment? How many would like to shoot him at this moment? How many think he's done wrong? It's obvious. But he's trying to make right for this child. He brings home this child. And says to this wife, you raise him like one of ours. Is that a tough position to be in? I know of a young lady who did that for a while. And her husband went out and cheated on her again. Folks, this family's got a problem. Here's what it says about it. Gilead's wife bore him sons, and when his wife's sons grew up, 
They drove Jephthah out and said to him, You shall not have any inheritance in our father's house, for you are the son of a what? Another woman. You're not a son of a concubine. You're not a son of another wife. You're just a son of another woman. That's a put down, isn't it? I'd like to grow up in that home. This morning, Gilead's moment of pleasure created a dysfunctional home. Relationships were fractured. Hatred was fostered. Gilead dies and Jethro is rejected by his own family, the only family he knows. Here's how they put it to him. You shall not have an inheritance in our father's house, for you are of the son of another woman. They make it very clear. You're not what? You are not wanted. You're not go away. What a place to grow up, huh? Now that family takes this word of God and use it. And they take a difficult text and use it to throw them out. Not just throw them out of the house, but say, go somewhere in the country and live. We don't want you even in the country. Have mercy. Here's what they used. No one of illegitimate birth shall enter the assembly of the Lord. None of his descendants, even to the tenth generation, shall enter the assembly of the Lord. That is a difficult text. Now I'm going to give you three C's. When you're dealing with a difficult text, context, culture, and consistency. My wife and I talked about this text last night. She says, what are you going to do with that text? Now, was Ruth Jewish? Is David ten generations past Ruth? No. So what is this text talking about? It's talking about someone making a total commitment to God. If they don't make that total commitment to God, they cannot be a part of the of God. The word illegitimate is used also to describe those who do not love Jesus Christ, who claim to love him but don't love him. Jesus says they're illegitimate. So going back to the Bible, you have to look at the consistency and how it is used. Too often when we get to a difficult text that seems to say what we want to say, we grab onto it. And we, in this case, the family grabbed onto it. And if you were Jephthah, how do you think you felt at that moment? One, everything you've known has been taken away from you. Two, your church agreed with it. Three, the community said, get lost. How many of you would stay in that community? How many of you would ever come back to that community? 
this morning. Let's move on. Jethro at this is at the crossroads. His family and community have rejected him. He is an angry young man, and his faith is challenged. All of his life he grew up knowing the Jewish faith. Now his people are saying, we don't want you. Wow. They didn't just stop and say, we don't want you. We don't want you in our country. For Jethro was forced to leave his country. So Jethro flees from his brothers and lives in the land of Tob. He is gone. But is he hurting? But he doesn't give up on God. Angry young men collect what? Other angry young men. It's true. Go to Chicago. Angry young men collect other angry young men. He had a reason to be what? He had a reason to be disgusted. He had a reason to leave God. He had all the reasons. And those who gathered around him, they, they, they used this word. Worthless fellows gathered themselves about Jethro, and they went out with him. In other words, Jethro went with a bunch of other unhappy young men. This morning, I can just hear, you might have heard those around Jethro saying, you have a right to be mad. You have a right to be disgusted. You have a right to never want to go home again. You have a right to never care for the Jewish people again. Do you think he might have heard those things? Probably did. In the land of Tob, Jetha acquired the skills of a warrior. A leader. The worthless man became a mighty commander. Wow. So often, as we talked in Sabbath school this morning, those who are supposed to protect you are the ones who uh, hurt you. The saddest thing about be betrayal is that it never comes from your enemies. It comes from your friends and loved ones. Had Jephthah experienced that? At this point, Jephthah, his family passed. A wanderer, familyless. His family used the present the pre, pre, pretense of the law to violate his father's wishes. They used a super. They used a text by just reading it over because it said it what, what they wanted. This morning, he's hurting. Amnon, Amites, Amnites had now invaded Israel. 
reputation of being had a problem. Jephthah has the reputation of being a great commander, a great leader. Notice that picture. It says boss at top, and the bottom it says what? There's a difference between a boss and a leader. Israel needed a leader. They did not need a boss. And Jethro is a what? A leader, a proven leader. With the enemy coming so much, and the sons of Amnon fought against Israel, and the elders of Gilead went to get Jephthah from the land of Toph. In other words, they recognized they needed this young man. And they go to get him. How would you like to welcome them? If you were Jephthah, would you be interested in welcoming these people? They didn't want me then. I don't want them now. That's a bad attitude. And I'm going to tell you a little boy that was me. They put me back out of first grade into kindergarten when I was six years old. Then when I got seven, they said allowed me to go to first grade. At that point, I said, you didn't allow me the first year. I don't want you the second year. And I messed up really bad. Really bad. Because I had a bad attitude. You don't want me, I don't want you. Jethro could have had that attitude, couldn't he have? And a lot of young men have that attitude. And a lot of people who have been hurt in the church have had that attitude. They don't want me, I don't want them. There's some things that the church needs to heal on. And there are other people who need to heal too. Jephthah. They went to get him. Now the community that said, the likes of you are not wanted around here, is forced to sing another tune. They recognize they cannot survive and they have no one to lead like they said to Jephthah, come and be our chief that we may fight against the, Amnons, the sons of Amnon. They said, come be our chief. They didn't ask him to lead. Before we get to the end of this story, you're going to hear them and do two things. They wanted him to come fight their war but he even recognized that they might, after you win the war, they might say, what? Go home. Get out of here. We don't want you. Jephthah does not trust the leaders. Do you blame them? They were the ones that said, get out. Now they're saying, Come back. They were willing to give Jephthah a dictatorial power for the duration of the war. Their words implied 
a mercenary for hire, but not the request for a leadership position. They just wanted him to be the general. They did not want him to be the president. Jethro questioned their commitment. Jethro said to the, said to the elders of Gilead, did you not hate me and drive me from my father's house? So why have you come to me now when you are in trouble? Jethro says your guys are in trouble and that's the only reason you're here. He's struggling between doing what is right and doing what is wrong. Sometimes we struggle between doing what is right and doing what is wrong because of the hurt we have experienced. Jephthah. The elders are there going, help, help. Help, we're going down. We need help. So Jethem might have hoped for, hoped that they had come to repair the wrong. But he heard them pleading for help in their hour of need. He came there hoping that they might say, we're sorry. But they didn't come to say they were sorry, did they? How would you respond? They just said, come help. How would you respond with all the hurt that they caused? Would we help? I'm thankful Jesus helps us, aren't you? This morning, Can the elders of Israel be trusted? Notice that picture there. What's, what's one letter difference? They both end in trust. One ends in trust and one ends in what? Doubt. Do you not think there was a lot of doubting going on in Jethro's mind? The elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, For this reason we have now, return, now returned to you, that you may be, go with us and fight, with, with the, fight the sons of Ammon and become head over all of Israel, all of the inhabitants of Gilead. Now they said, we're not just happy with you being our general, we want you to be our president. They have changed their what? They're changing their tune. Strategists, I heard that. I heard that. They're, they're strategizing and they're starting to recognize it. Now, watch what, how he does deals with these people. Jethro probes the thinking of the elders. So Jethro said to the elders of Gilead, if you take me back to fight against the sons of Ammon and the Lord gives them... To, them up to me, will I become your head? He said, you're going to be our head. But he's still saying, will you really let me be the head? 
Because he says, if God gives me the victory, you might just throw me, what? Away again. The elders say, as God is our witness. Uh, <laughs> I read this story and I read those words and I said, as God is our witness. And I go, wow, their track record hasn't been too what? Not good at all. And the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, the Lord is a witness between us as surely as we do, will do as you have said. And the people made him head and chief over them. Here's what it says. Then Jethro went with the elders in the, of Gilead, and the people made him head and what? Chief over them. And Jethro spoke all of his words before the Lord at Mizpah. God gave him a great victory. He, beat, he defeated the, the enemy. And I'm not going to go about his daughter and all that this morning because I don't understand that. I'm going to leave that till judgment morning and God can explain and fill in all the details that are not there to keep me from speculating. This morning, judges reveal a young man who went from a loser to a leader. Now, as we look at it for a moment, Jephthah was an angry young man. He came from a dysfunctional home, betrayed by the legal system of his day, was told that he could never be part of God's people because of his lineage. Was forced to live in a foreign country and made his living as a mercenary army leader. Wow. What made Jephthah a leader? Jephthah had learned that rejection is not an excuse to walk away from truth. Jephthah had learned that lesson because he was listening to God. Jephthah learned family and church are going to disappoint you and betray you, but this is not an excuse to walk away from God. God in the Jephthah had learned to trust in God in the midst of the hurt, not using the hurt for an excuse to walk away from God. Jephthah had learned that God uses the negative and the positive to prepare us for our mission. Whatever has happened to you inside the church or outside the church or in school, God is going to use that to fulfill a mission to touch somebody else with Je for Jesus Christ. It's time that we look around us and say, Lord, bring our hurts home. And some of us need to probably go see some of those hurt people and say, come home. Because God still has a use for you in his work.
It's time that we take a look and heal. And I believe the first episode in healing is when we quit using excuses to not do, not follow through. For there was a young man called Jephthah. He had every reason in the world never to return. He was successful with what he did everywhere else. But God called him to use his talents to help his people. God is calling all of those who have been hurt, come home. You have something I need in my church. It's time that we heal. Quit using excuses not to be involved in God's house. Can we have our closing hymn?